0: what's going on asymmetry well it has been a while we had a hiatus as we worked through all of the nuances of quarantine and everything else but uh what a way to kind of re-kickstart the podcast michael hagedorn uh joined us in studio at the appropriate social distance to catch up it's been a while since i've gotten to sit down with michael he's a tie professional um, who. Wanted to have a Bonesai community form in the Pacific Northwest and open the door to, I think, the professional community that exists here. He's inspirational, um, creative as all get out. He has a new book that just launched through Stone Lantern. He's going to be doing some teaching online through his website, um, Critagus Bonesai. And just really awesome to get to sit down with Michael, catch up, learn more about him, and, uh, and get to speak and discuss his new um, book that is coming out. So support him, take a look, uh, give it a read. If you have never read anything Michael's written, it's absolutely brilliant. Post-dated was phenomenal. I can't wait to read Bonsai Heresy, and, uh, and I'm excited to see what knowledge he brings to the online Bonsai forum. Uh, enjoy. Michael Hagedorn, everybody. I mean, originally when I reached out to you, it was kind of like, uh, I know your new book is coming out. Right. I'm sure that's been...
1: Just arrived at Stone Lantern yesterday. Yes.
0: Very, Those very Those longshoremen
1: cool. get things done. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're amazing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that feel to bring a book to the point of completion? <laughs> this is your second now.
1: Yeah. It's... uh
0: <sighs> Uh, good question. <laughs> good question. It's not something I'm ever going to know. Uh,
1: they were very different books. And so the feeling was really different. Uh, Post dated was a deeply personal book. Mm. And so it felt like, uh, you know, bringing something in, into the world that was, you know, more like a child. And, and this recent book is kind of a technical book. There's a lot of personal, crazy stories in it. But. It it had a very different feeling. Uh, actually, exhaustion is what I would call it. it's just the primary feeling, and and relief. <laughs> it's a big book. The three hundred and sixty pages in the thing. The, the the bibliography is ten pages long. It 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 was. Uh, Um, I was reading um, primary research and that was um, uh, something I had a little bit of a background in. I have a a minor in biology, Um, but it's funny when you, when you're, you know, 19 and you're reading um, primary research, you're at a disadvantage unless you've been doing it a lot and you've read a lot because you need, it's a whole new language. And if you're reading a, a 12 word sentence and you don't know three of the words you're out out to lunch it but but over you know that was 30 years ago and and uh my vocabulary about those things has improved to the point where I can read these a little easier, but I was only writing two hours a day. I I was pretty tired (laughs) actually by the end of it because it's, it's very complex uh, stuff, but, and that's only one part of the book. I mean, there's a technical section and an aesthetic section and, and writing those two sections were, was a very different exercise. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Sorry, we jumped into this without talking about what it is. This is Bonsai Heresy, which is a a book that is uh, just um, um, published. Um, And that was um, sort of a co-publishing venture. I'm a self-publisher, but uh, Stone Lantern, Wayne Shea of uh, Stone Lantern, offered uh, to front the money to print the book, which as far as I understand is unheard of for mm. uh, uh, somebody to do that and I was floored because it was actually a very expensive book to produce I hired an illustrator for it, um, Sergio Quan, who did some of the most hilarious... I, I, he he was illustrating certain chapters, I and mean, we agreed on what chap the, the chapters were going to be. But <laughs> but what he did with that was amazing because I didn't give him the ideas. Okay, I want you to you know do this. I, the only idea I had was for the cover, and everything else he came up with the ideas. And whenever he would send me his conception, I would just be on the floor rolling around. <laughs> he was just such a quirky, ingenious. Um, uh, creative, cartoonish mind. <laughs> Sergio was amazing to work with. So that made this a, a really fun project. Um, but it was there were a couple layers of difficulty here that I didn't have with the, my first book post dated, which was about my apprenticeship, um, uh, including um, uh, a kind of a high end proofreader and then uh, content editors, which. i I wasn't too needy of for the first book but i took that really seriously because there were so many technical details uh some parts of that book went beyond areas that i was um, myself expertise uh having any expertise in and 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 so i had to um uh, i learned a lot (laughs) nice (laughs) um it, it was an adventure uh like any uh that's another thing. You know, books are adventures. They're very edifying. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> to the author. <laughs> yeah. They, they truly are. Even if you're just writing about an experience, you know, the, when you write about it, you discover things that you didn't quite know. You huh. Know, that, that's, that's part of that. Writing a book can be kind of like a hero's journey, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, like Mr. Campbell. <laughs> a novel pursuit. <laughs> something, something to that degree,
0: yeah. Or a noble pursuit. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? so <laughs> yeah. did you accumulate... Did you accumulate these things that you wanted to write about? I, I did. Thought, where did this? Where did the yeah, whole bonsai? Yeah. I,
1: I first started having this idea when I was um, when I was an apprentice in Japan. So this was probably two thousand and four ish, something like that. Um, uh, because I kept, you know, slamming my body against the wall in Japan, where I was uh, having to question a lot of the things that that I had been taught and uh so the the book bonsai heresy is really about unlearning um, mm. uh, it has some madcap stories in it that uh, uh many uh things uh, from japan but but also a lot of uh some of the most embarrassing stories come from my garden uh where uh again and again you know if you run a bonsai garden uh, uh, many uh, hobbyists and and professionals alike and uh, uh Have some uh, commonality with this is is that you fall on your face a lot. You know, it's a it's a it's a long long process of learning, and and just uh, being an apprentice in Japan doesn't help you with a whole range of of big big questions. (laughs) (laughs) I I would say
0: (laughs) at at most being an apprentice in Japan. Just lets you yeah. know that that yeah. that you don't know much, yeah, and, right. and and then right. you get sent on your way yeah. to figure yeah, yeah, it yeah. out, and yeah. you're either gonna sink or swim. Truly, truly, that seems to be the nature of the beast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it's f- it's funny, but it was it was writing a um, uh, this is going a little off topic from the book, but uh, I was writing a. Uh, artist statement. Have you ever written an artist statement? You, uh,
0: I mean, I've written something that I felt things, like might right. might satisfy right, right. that requirement, but right, I don't right. know if I've ever written right. one like for real. Right. I hate these things. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, when,
1: when, when I was <laughs> when I was in graduate school, you know, we were all writing. These. So I, I got a degree in um, in ceramics. Um, I was making sculpture back then. Half of my colleagues were, were uh, potters, actually. Mm-hmm. And they had to write them as well. Um and an artist statement is a it's a horrific beast. It's uh, <laughs> you are know, trying to sum up what you're what you're trying to express, what your work is about. And uh, um the uh, I, I think you know, when you study in Japan, it's, it's almost like you're you're acquiring the artist statement of a whole lot of really smart people. It, it, that's sort of what the traditional is it's 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 like this umbrella artist statement so to speak and then when you escape from that uh you you end up creating one that's more more along the lines of of um of what you might um think or feel or hope uh your work is about hmm. um but I think Westerners take the artist statement really seriously. And I think you we might if we were talking about tradition, you might even take Japan and Japanese bonsai artists and they, they you know, with very with subtle differences which we can train ourselves to see, they're working within the same artist statement. In the West, we don't do that. We're, you know, you and I are great example. You go into your yard, gosh, there's just something totally different going on in yep. your yard than yep. when you go to my yard. It's like a you know. A whole news and, and you go to someone else's yard and then and, and it's like we have all of these different artist statements yeah um anyway I, is I'm that is that a sure po- is I that a positive
0: there, thing or is that an i'm curious oh, no. or a negative thing how do you feel about that thing.
1: i think that's a national thing i think it's a western thing <laughs> in a way um but you can not just japan i think uh, you go to taiwan and you go to one of their shows and it feels like they're all working within pretty much the same artist statement. Mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with species they work with with trees that uh, that are almost uh you know well outside the the wabi-sabi uh, umbrella even though the japanese really respect their work and they like it and, and mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive work
2: um yeah
1: but um uh so you and i had a had a really similar of course um uh, beginning um and um to speak for myself uh with bonsai Uh, So the tradition is one part of it. I I feel like if if I'm to talk about an artist statement or an artist's approach, um, I'd say tradition is is one third of it. Uh, Another third is creativity, which I get from, you know, from that other side. You had you had a background in in horticulture. Mm -hmm. And that's a really strong part of your background. Um, which, uh, which I've had to do a lot of self-learning <laughs> to, uh, to uh, um, play in that, in that field. Um, uh, so that isn't, that isn't really part of my background. But part of the thinking is part of my background. So it's tradition and then creativity. And the last part is, is science, which isn't horticulture, but I grew up with scientists, actually. Mm-hmm. My dad was a scientist, his colleagues. Uh, there were a lot of naturalists. Uh, what did you, your dad? What he what? was an entomologist, entomologist. so he, he studied insects. Cool, and then <laughs> uh, specifically mosquito. Oh, uh, and he was a <laughs> he was what you'd call a basic scientist, not an applied scientist. So he was just trying to figure out what the insect did, mm. uh, how uh, how it worked. And so he was an endocrinologist actually. So he worked on the hormone apparatus, egg production. So after a blood meal how the, the insect produces uh the the ovaries and uh, so he worked with the hormones of that and at the end of his career he was working with some DNA. So there's pretty heady stuff that he was doing and yeah. I was I was you know, since uh since I was quite young I was uh under the wings of uh, people who would come to live with us, actually. Uh, students of his, colleagues of his would come to live with us for a few weeks or a month or something like that in our, our bedroom. It was like a like a hostel <laughs> situation. And, and uh, it was fun. We had people from all over the world. So I had kind of an international up, uh, upbringing. That is uh, awesome. W- without leaving home. <laughs> that is awesome. Where did you grow up Which again? Uh, Ithaca, New York.
2: Ithaca. Yeah.
1: Yeah, my dad worked at Cornell um I was friends with uh with uh, some of the uh uh other professors' kids i guess um and um uh but the, the part that was sort of the science interest for me was ecology was really really interesting to me and and plants that's sort of what my minor was in and uh when when i that started Way back when I was a kid, uh, I, I lived only about a mile away from the um, Laboratory of Ornithology of Cornell uh, University, which uh, for you birders out there, they're the people who do eBird, uh, which has become this huge uh, international uh, database that ornithologists used to have to. I mean, that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. Was an ornithologist. That didn't work out too yeah. well. Um, <laughs> but but freaking um, bonsai got yeah, in the way yeah, right. of your ornithology <laughs> yeah, career. Yeah, I've, I've seen some birds land on bonsai mm. <laughs> Um but, You were sharp out in the garden.
0: You had it dialed in in terms of the birds that were around. I was impressed. I was like, oh wow, Mike's uh, on the ornithology uh, game.
1: When, <laughs> when I was a kid, I had I had a job feeding the ducks uh at the uh, at the, when i was about 10 <laughs> at this this laboratory i waddled over there and i'd feed the ducks so I probably thought I was an ornithologist, but these <laughs> days eBird is this big database, and if you note down the species of, of birds that you see and the time that you saw them and where you saw them and all that, you you can uh, you can submit a list, and it forms this huge database that years ago ornithologists would have to go out and find these <laughs> these numbers right. themselves, and now they have this huge amount of data. Cool to uh understand a lot of things about how bird populations are changing um habitat loss uh and um uh, uh and gains i mean some birds have done fairly well in uh, in uh, recent decades so anyway, hmm. this is interesting interesting stuff I, I, yeah i didn't become an ornithologist but i'm uh helping a few
0: but <laughs> but but you're still in the game you still, <laughs> okay, still right, got right, your right, toe right. in the water right, I, I don't give up right, yeah right. <laughs> And where did you where did you go from Ithaca? You grew up there until until what age?
1: Yeah, uh, I went to college. um, I I got a bit of a late start, actually. I spent a year in Germany when I was about thirteen, and I was about three quarters of a year. Ahead in age So I was I ended up being Almost two years older By the time I graduated <laughs> So I was Almost 20 When I went off to college mm-hmm. um, And uh, So I left Ithaca at About 1918 mm-hmm. uh, Or i sorry yeah, 1920 And um, uh, Went to school in, in upstate New York Actually I Stayed uh, but It was about Two hours away Where'd you go yeah. to school? It was Hamilton College It was uh, Closer to the Adirondacks than, Cool uh, yeah, yeah Not far from Rochester Hi Bill yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I
0: bill. laughs> and you studied ceramics? Uh, I did,
2: okay. yeah.
1: I uh, first found ceramics as an undergrad. I think I was a sophomore, and I was, um, I think actually my, uh, the reason I wanted to study ceramics was to make pots for my bonsai, because <laughs> I couldn't afford them.
0: <laughs> Wait, so you were already doing bonsai? So, oh, yeah, yeah. When did yeah. you start bonsai? Uh,
1: a little later than you. You were... 10, 12, 12, 11, yeah, 12. 12? yeah, 11, yeah, I 12. Was, I was 15. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was a little little tiny thing that we plucked from our hedge and put it in a little little, little training
0: pot. <laughs> <But laughs> yeah, and away you went.
1: <laughs> yes, that and a, and a tiny little leafed rhododendron. Those were two, my two first plants, I think. Nice. Anyway, nice. Uh, yeah. You can't still
0: have either of them, do you? yeah. No,
1: no, I don't. No, no, no I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I might have given them away. I was giving away a lot of plants. I was always I had bonsai ever since fifteen, but I don't know what happened to those. <laughs> cool. I don't know. Not all of them survived either. That could have been another an, another route. <laughs> yeah, of, of course, of <laughs> course, of course. The carrot that could, they dangle could could have been could have been. Boy, you started early. Wow, eleven. Yeah, 12. yeah, yeah. That's early
0: yeah i was awakened to it at 11 but 12 was when it hit me like a ton of bricks huh and it was for me it was immediate so just like i'll figure out a way to make this my life ah yeah yeah nice yeah i had that i had an abnormal awareness of what i wanted to do (laughs) and and i don't know why it was bone side but it it gripped me yeah
1: wow yeah wow i took a pre-career path
2: (laughs) yeah down ceramics yeah, so so do you, yeah.
0: did you really go pursue ceramics to make pots for your trees, or did was there something uh, kind of else it, about it?
1: Actually, I think it, it might have been a requirement. Uh, there, there were many requirements for—my uh, major was studio art, so I was doing photography and painting and printmaking and sculpture and everything I could get my hands on. Mm. Most of that was required, I think ceramics was. Yeah, I was throwing mostly for the— first few years, um, and, uh, and then I went to graduate school for ceramics. I was making sculpture, and I, when I got out of that, I didn't want to teach. I wanted to make something, and so I, I had always had bonsai and uh, realized that, that uh, there weren't really many people doing that back then. This was, oh my gosh, when was this? This was uh, early 90s, 91, 92, something like that, and um, uh, I was a member of Bill's Club, Bill Valvanus. Nice. Go up there, and Bill was great. He would buy my pots, chase for his aid, I think was one of maybe the first person to buy uh buy pots of mine. He was very encouraging. They both were. Um, that was a it was great to get a a, a lift under the wings. And yeah, from folks like that. From yeah.
0: from people that are respected <laughs> yeah. too. I would imagine that was quite quite bo- boosting of your confidence it, it and was, whatnot.
1: It really was. Yeah. Especially back then, being an artist, you're a bit fragile. Uh, coming out of graduate school and eating beans and rice for many years, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. remember the little. Uh, uh, I rented a cabin uh, above, uh, up in the hills, out of this outside of this tiny little graduate school uh, in Alfred, New York. It was this beautiful, windswept, poor as heck um, county in upstate New York, and this little cabin I think was built almost a hundred years before I lived in it. And it was like the caretaker's cabin and it measured seven feet by 14. What is that? 90, 98 square feet or something like that. Wow. It was just nice. Even low ceilings too. <laughs> oh man. It was just this crazy little thing. And the, the snows of upstate New York would hit that, you know, we were in the, in kind of the rain shadow and the snow shadow of the great lakes in upstate New York there. And and this tiny little thing would almost get buried. I'd have to dig my way to the door, and and you 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 tuck in, you know, with a book, and you just feel like a squirrel in his leaf lined hole. You know, <laughs> it was just <laughs> the greatest feeling. That might have been why I built a tiny home was the, the memory of how happy I was that that right. you know, I only lived there for like nine months, but it was a hundred dollars, and it was about all I could afford. <laughs> it was. Mid mid nineties, but oh. that's that's when my business started, which I did for about nine years, um, for making Cortegas bonsai containers. Hmm. That was that was a lot of fun. I would travel around. I had a I had a Ford Escort station wagon, and I'd pack it full of boxes, and I I'd, I'd race off. Uh, mostly stuck on the East Coast. And then when I moved to Arizona, I mostly stuck on the West Coast. Hmm. <laughs> and I would just go to three or four shows a year and that was my income really
0: that was how that's that's how you got it done, i don't huh? know how
1: i survived i mean i i think my highest income year was like twenty two thousand dollars or something it was wow. just I
0: and
1: mean, i was living really frugally and i loved it i had no idea that my family was my mother and my sister they were really worried about me you know, my sister was like gosh am i gonna have to support him when
2: i'm older yeah right
0: <laughs> right how's he gonna make a i living? had no
1: idea you know i was just it was very naive um, <laughs> but happy Ha- I was so happy. So yeah. happy. It was great. Yeah, it was great.
0: What what made <laughs> you happy about it?
1: It's a, it's a good question. I I'm doing some writing about that now actually uh-huh. because I'm working on another book which is about my tiny home. Nice. I'm writing about The experience of living in a tiny home and it's amazing you know you you start talking to people about it or you invite people over well not so much anymore
2: (laughs) not at the moment but But (laughs) speaking of which
0: it is very enjoyable to be here with you likewise i just uh, you know like the the being able to see each other converse this whole distance thing is is not i'm not uh super into it but anyways (laughs) I digress.
1: Well, for those who are worried, Ryan is at least nine feet away. I, we're far away at from least, each other. At yeah, least. definitely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know about the teddy bear next to him. Though. Yeah. I think that's well, son, you know, But
2: this is...
0: Is that... That's my reminder. It's <laughs> Taft hanging with him. Oh, me. that's Taft. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's a seat. I'm okay. saving it for him. <laughs> just glad
1: to get that clarified.
0: Yeah.
2: But, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> you thought this was mine, didn't so you? I'm was it? I yeah. wasn't sure I should say anything Good uh, but uh but when you ask people uh or when you start talking about living in a really small space so I doubled my space so I don't live in 98 square feet like back in the <laughs> early 90s <laughs> that was really small um With my crotchety age, I decided probably doubling that would be a better idea. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's 192 square feet, but when you start talking about living in these spaces, it's amazing how many people get this wistful look in their eyes and they start talking about you know when they were first married and they were in this tiny little apartment and they didn't have anything but they had enough and they were so happy and you know it's really it's it's funny how common that storyline is. Yeah. And I, I've wondered about why, you know? Hmm. It, um, sometimes I don't think we, we need all the things that, that we end up accumulating or, or think we need, or um, uh, that isn't a particularly perceptive comment, but it's just, it, it's an interesting one to keep rolling and keep encountering, you know, with, in, in conversations with people. Um, but... Um, I've learned a lot. It's it's been fun writing this book because it's uh, uh, it's it's about dwelling and architecture and things I don't know much about. So I designed this house uh, mm. with a lot of inspiration from my architecture school, which was called Pinterest, um, <laughs> <laughs> and Pinterest uh, w- was great. Uh, but I didn't know anything about you know some of the great uh, architects uh, like say or. Uh, you know, any of these. He he had some really interesting ideas. Let me see if I can remember. He had three, you, your your uh, your house had to do three things. It, it had to be a shelter against rain and, and snow and cold and the inquisitive. Uh, it had to be a receptacle for light and it had to have a sufficient number of cubicles, I think was his name, uh, for eating, sleeping, et cetera. Mm. And those were his three. I mean, that's pretty pared down. I mm-hmm. mean, there's... There's, there's um, that's down to kind of survival, <laughs> except for the light, you know, the, the one in the middle. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you could be in a cave, you know. Yeah. But I thought that was, anyway, I'm learning a lot writing this. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, which is, again, the edifying aspect of uh, digging back in and discovering uh, 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 your mistakes and what you would have done different and, and some of the happy surprises that you out of ignorance you managed to do it right and mm-hmm. you know, they all make for good stories and good afterthoughts.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How 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 come
0: you yeah. moved to Arizona? Um why did you leave New York? I wanted to live in the West. Okay. Um I think, I think I
1: chose Arizona at the time because my parents lived down there, and I thought it would be kind of fun to live near each other while I was an adult and after I'd been away for a while. We, lived, we were about an hour away from one another. I lived there for about five years before going to Japan, um, and it was fun. Uh, my dad and i did yoga together <laughs> i saw i probably saw them once or twice a week and uh, it was it was a hoot but i i knew i wanted to live in the west and i i thought that was just the first stop i didn't really think i would stay there forever it's pretty hard to grow bonsai there i was in the hills i was at 5000 feet where you can grow bonsai pretty well but all your friends live you know at 1000 feet where yeah. it's really challenging you can grow some plants for sure um but subtropicals and things. Uh, but anyway, I knew I wanted to live in the West, and I think that started back in my... I think I was 21 or something. I just got in my first car, and I was taking it back from Arizona to upstate New York the long way. And so I went through California and Oregon and... <laughs> and, and no, the all real the, long all way. The way. Oh, the real long way. circuitous route. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was in the Olympic National Rainforest where it just it really sunk in. When I was a kid, one of my passions was fly fishing. And back Mm. then, it seemed that all the great fun was on the West Coast. (laughs) Yeah, yes. I was getting all the magazines and they were convincing me of this fact. So I was doing a little fly fishing. I had every last belonging in this tiny little hatchback. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was that? I think it was a Dodge Colt. It was this tiny little white car. So I had a fly rod and the Soul Duck River. That's what it was called. It was the Soul Duck River up there and I got out my fly rod. I was probably being illegal. And I because I don't think I had a permit <laughs> I went right. out there. And I, I just I couldn't I couldn't escape the, the the magnetism of this gorgeous river and I went down there and I I uh, I did a little little flipping around the, of the the fly. I had a streamer on there and I I hooked into a sea run something. I have a feeling it was a steelhead. It was leaving the water every two seconds. And I I didn't have it on very long. But it was one of these things that you remember for the rest of your life when the fish finally leaves uh, (laughs) and goes off to have a nice life. And your line is, is just throwing off the last drops before it hits the water. And I just remember standing there for about 10 seconds, realizing that my life had changed. And that at some point, I would have to live here in the Northwest. And so all that was, you know, long before Japan, when I was picking up, you know, bamboo leaves by hand you know, on right. the ground and, right. and dreaming about <laughs> Portland. And, you, you know, that had all been seeded back when I was a teenager looking at, at fly fishing magazines. <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. That is great. That is great. Here
1: we are. Here we are. <laughs> and huh. I'm still happy to be here. And you seem to be too.
0: Yeah. The winters are getting harder for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. this, yeah. this past winter was the worst one yet. And yeah. I don't know if it was conditional to the winter or a, a, a accumulation of uh, lack of vitamin D it's, it's almost like, so stark the difference on a sunny day versus a cloudy day, like today for the way that I feel yeah. that it, 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 it feels unnaturally, um, influencing of my of my mood yeah 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 so that's that's challenging but yeah i mean come springtime when it's 75 degrees out and it looks like this where else in the world Mm -hmm. would you rather be
1: it has its serious moments
0: (laughs) and honestly it's going to be like this until it starts raining in the fall and so for me to have the kind of brilliance that we have spring summer and fall You have to have a period as bad as the winter or else (laughs) then all of a sudden you start taking all of this for granted. I mean, it it truly is for a Pacific Northwestern person when the spring happens. It's it's (laughs) magic on so many fronts. It's an emotional lifting of your spirit. (laughs) It's a physical accumulation of vitamin D that you were overly deprived of. I mean, yes, it's yes. like you are right, physiologically, right, right. emotionally, mentally—we're ready for it—being yeah. stimulated Stimulate by this it, right. magic, <laughs> and it's just downright beautiful, despite all of those physiological responses. <laughs> It's—it's—it is—it's an amazing place. But I had no idea of the Pacific Northwest. The first time I thought about coming to the Pacific Northwest was when I heard you were here. Oh gosh! <laughs> first You're time kidding. in my, no, first oh time my in my life I ever even thought about it. So, uh,
2: was
1: this when we were talking on the phone in Japan, or
0: this was? You mean when I actually got here? You or? you were here. You wrote okay. a blog post about so how Portland it. is awesome, and I sent <laughs> and I sent you an email. Right. I sent you an email right. and I said, hey, because I knew Randy was here. Yeah. I'd met Randy and yeah. seen his material by that point, right? And yeah. um, I was gonna be outside of Sacramento and Placerville where Eldorado Bonsai was. Right, right. And, and things didn't that. work out there. So yeah. I knew I didn't want to be on the East Coast. Uh-huh. I knew I couldn't do what I wanted to do in Colorado because of the limitations of the environment and the climate. Right. And so that left the West Coast yeah. to be in contact with Bonsai communities to work with the collected native material of the, of the Western yeah. uh, mountain ranges and environments. And it just made sense. If I'm not going to be in California, I'm going to be close to it. And Portland became just this idea that you would kind of cast nice. out there. All oh, right, right. That's and great. Well,
1: it, nurseries are here for a reason. It makes sense that there's a, you know, a, a swelling bonsai community, <laughs> which keeps growing. Exactly. Right. So this was my, yeah. I
0: guess I would have to say when I was 14, 15, 16, working in nurseries uh, mm-hmm. during the summer in high school. Yeah. I was aware of the Oregon nursery country because all of the inventory was coming from Oregon. Yeah, yeah. And th- that was when I knew, okay, things grow well out there. Yeah. And I guess that was yeah. the extent of it. But then you came and yeah. lived here and wrote about it. And that's where, I was like, Oh man, yeah. Randy's there. Mike's there. I sent you an email about it. I said, it would, would I, I you step it on your emailing. toes? And you said, let's do it. I remember it. that. Yeah. yeah. I do
1: remember that. Yeah. 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 I, I think that
0: was a changing. I think that was a changing of mentality in Western uh, bonsai, honestly. Hmm. Because I mm-hmm. think when you think about the John Naka, uh, Masi Mizumi, um, Johnny Uchida, hmm. California bonsai professionals make, staking hmm. their claim and their turf you know, it was like, <laughs> stay the heck away. I
1: will say, I'm I'm wearing a John Naka shirt today, actually.
0: <laughs> Outstanding.
1: <laughs> you didn't get one of these from Brian, did you?
0: No, I don't did have one of these? those. Oh, that's great. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, look at that. He just
1: did a few of these. And uh, yeah, it's this wonderful forest from John Naka. It's Killer. Great. I love it. His so, illustrations anyway, were great. He was an amazing artist. Yeah, he really, he was yeah. he had a great eye. Yeah. But you're right, things have... Uh, uh, you know, many years have gone by, haven't they? Yeah. yeah.
0: Ten. Things have changed. Ten. Yeah. Ten years for me. Ten. Ten yeah, years. 2010. Right. Yep. Yeah. 2020, 10 year anniversary of Mirai. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Actually, we just passed it. April 15th was the day that I closed on uh, the property. Oh, here. really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So.
1: I've forgotten where I am. I think I, I don't want to know. I. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a few years only three years before you I yeah think? i think three? so two yeah. yeah three i think, I think was two right.
0: three two or three yeah because yeah, we were in japan yeah. for the briefest of moments together you were at that was brief uh, yeah. you were up in uh yeah. obuse and i was yeah. Yeah. i was at mr kimura's like the and moment. then uh yeah yeah the immigration yeah. stuff all that happened it happened <laughs> yeah but but take me but take me yeah. back because i want to talk to you about japan and some of the things sure. that relate to kind of the book um uh, heresy is that what you yes okay for whatever reason i had always read it as hearsay so oh, heresy. Well, you know
1: there's a there's several double entendres going on there yeah <laughs> i mean there's certainly going to be you know possibly a hefty number of people who think i'm a heretic on the other hand you know what I'm writing about, I I think is heresy. Huh. So so there's you know anyway, <laughs> wow, a little bit of that. Yeah, the, the cover is in flames. So uh, <laughs> I, saw, I saw that it's very yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. very hellish almost. Yeah. yeah yeah, it's pretty crazy. Actually I had a, a friend. Actually I think it was Jonas who I sent him one a version of the cover. I think it was one of the last versions. And unfortunately I didn't send him by text, which would have been the smart way to do it. I sent him by email. And he told me that he saw the first half of it, and he said he, he was horrified because it looked like a head was exploding <laughs> in flame. And he didn't see that it was a match; he just ah. saw like the, head, the top <laughs> of yeah, it. Right. I was like, okay, that was not a good uh, review. Super, uh, super <laughs> aggressive. But he was like the only one who had that that horrified, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> experience. Anyway, yeah, but that was uh, yeah. Anyway, so I'm sorry here. Yeah, so, oh, you were, so you were going somewhere. So you go into it's Arizona, you hang not. out, you hang out with uh, your yeah.
0: folks. I'm just, I'm just trying to follow yeah. your career because I honestly don't have yeah. the clearest notion of it. Yeah, you're doing do I, bonsai uh, at a high <laughs> elevation.
1: I, yeah, yeah, that was fun. I, I did a lot of natives. Uh-huh. Um, some of the pinyon pines were were a lot of fun. The oaks were fun. Um, some of the junipers, you know, the, the one seed juniper was a pretty nice nice plant we played with up in there. Um, but interestingly, at that five thousand foot level, you could you could grow you know, black pines and uh, a lot of, a lot of. Uh, I could even grow maples up there hmm. fairly well. That they really couldn't do very well uh, down in Tucson, which is yeah. sort of high desert, but it's still pretty low. I mean, yeah. it's 2,500 feet. It's it's pretty pretty rough on some things, but they could do other things uh, better.
0: You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're doing the. And you so were making ceramics respect, uh, as well. I was, yeah. At that was, time, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So that was sort of the uh, the the last gasp of uh, of Sponsai containers. I was there for five years. And I was making making pots. I built mm-hmm. a kiln there. It was kind of a neat area. It was, it was on this old dude ranch. Um, uh, and I lived in, uh, the, uh, Wrangler quarter, uh, there, uh, not in the dude quarter. The dude, dude's quarters were nicer, uh, but it, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was this Spanish mission style architecture with tile roofs and little arroyos everywhere that would fill up when the, when we'd have a big thunderstorm cool it was fu- it was beautiful and and people would give their tvs away because they were watching lightning storms on the next mountain range and i mean it was just it was beautiful i, wow. I still remember it. It, it, it as beautiful as oregon just in a totally different way it was yeah. really, really a neat place to
0: live um are those gunshots casting a beautiful ambiance onto our podcast right now, or what? I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't been flinching. Columbia County, Columbia baby, right there. Is that, <laughs> is that a range um, he's, he's actually a gunsmith. A smith? Yeah, he's a gunsmith. He makes them. Yeah, he cu- and no he customizes kidding. firearms, so he's got a shooting oh, wow. range where he goes out and tests the, the interaction and all that stuff. Oh yeah my God. Yeah. Kidding? yeah oh my gosh yeah so it's not as um, redneck as it sounds but it's still pre-redneck it's, <laughs> it's still pre-out there you know
1: <laughs> okay no ki- i would have thought that was a
0: range i mean it's his own like personal Are range to, yeah, to, yeah 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 yeah, yeah I see. he's a cool guy yeah. he's a really yeah. cool guy yeah yeah what why Wait. um when did you start studying with boone why did you uh, go to yeah, start studying s- with Boone? and what how'd that
1: all yeah. work out so i was i think i was probably selling pots at a yeah, I must have been at a California bonsai show, and um, I was starting to take bonsai, my bonsai, my work uh, a little bit more seriously. And I guess I was in the, I was in the market for a teacher, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, looking at, I was very impressed with some of the trees in the exhibit, and um, uh, learned that they were his. And uh, we had a conversation, and I learned that he was starting a new program. And uh, a couple months later, I was in his first bonsai intensive, um, nice. uh, along with Jonas Dupuis. We were we were both, both the uh, Jonas and I go way back. <laughs> That's <great. laughs> That's been a fun friendship too.
0: Was um, that the, was that the first time that you met Jonas at the intensive, or did you know him prior to that? I
1: think, you know, I'm going to have to ask Jonas. No, uh. I'm not actually sure. It might have been. It might have been. But I. I might have met him before he was uh he was definitely one of boone's students from the uh the b i b group mm. yeah um so he predated that but anyway that was um you know as far as the the kind of classes that you and i teach um man boone was the only game in town
2: yeah you know, he was the beginning i mean was he was it. the beginning of that he kind was of a education yeah
1: yeah um yeah and he kind of set a set a template that we've all been using. I mean, it's such a perfect template, (laughs) at least back Uh, (laughs) pre-virus. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That'll come back, but, um, but it, it's an amazing template and he thought it out really, really well. Uh, so that was a great beginning. Uh, Boone will tell you I, I'm, uh, a failing student because I never did finish the course uh, the mm. la- i think it was the last session i i was already in japan <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. but uh, but in in my third year with him um, I was meeting mr Suzuki and he would come to the states to teach gotcha and um, I was attempting to study Japanese and you remember that <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> before you. you went over and I was having a horrible time i was uh, what was i was 36 I think um and uh i had uh one of those uh one of those problems of not being very gifted <laughs> with it uh but i tried to fight my way through um and uh and yet i i had to uh have some translation in our our first uh real meeting which was actually in in rochester it was at one of Bill's symposiums uh and uh that was kind of funny he he brought uh, omachi with him mm-hmm. actually and i i gave both of them presents and uh of course i didn't know much about you know that kind of thing and right. I, I inadvertently i gave what they considered the better present to omachi <laughs> so anyway suzuki was ribbing me about that so he's a he's a fun guy i mean he he kind of you know if he finds something that's that's worth poking yeah he'll keep at it, it it, usually in a, it, in a semi-fun way, you know, it's sort of like, <laughs> if, 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 have you ever had like drinking vinegar, you know, the, yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you like it, but you shouldn't, you know, it's yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's <pretty> a <laughs> little funky it's and you're kind of like, yeah, oh, I, don't know. Yeah. I, I don't totally feel comfortable, <laughs> right. but right. I keep coming back.
0: Right, right.
2: <laughs>
1: so, um, uh, so we had a little, little interview, um, and, uh, he said, you're welcome to come for the, you know, the 90 days you're given at the airport. And, uh, if, uh, if I, uh, like you and you like me and you like the work, we can talk about more. And, um, uh, so I was there for two weeks and he said, can you stay for three years? Um, and, um, I think, um, I had, I, I don't, I don't really know where he came up with three years. I mean, usually it's more than that. Um, for myself, I was thinking one year. I actually, I never went into this thinking I would be, uh, a full-on bonsai professional. I was thinking I'd be doing pots half-time and mm-hmm. bonsai half-time. And, and so three years was not on my radar. So that was a bit of a gulp of air. And, uh, and yet I said yes. Uh, but it, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't leaving anything behind. I didn't, I didn't have, uh, uh, a girlfriend. I didn't have a, um, a pet, you know, I didn't have anything. And I, what little I did have, I, I threw it in a tiny little storage unit and I don't even remember where the key went, but you know, I just yeah. sort of forgot about it and left for Japan. Uh, <laughs> Stuff's still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suzuki picked me up, and I, you know, we, we had some broken conversation on the uh, on the way, and that's uh, a long trip, you know. That's a three and a half hour drive. From, yeah, from uh, from the airport. <laughs> yeah, but yeah,
0: Obuse out there. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. Pretty little spot, though. If yeah. anybody can make it out there, do there's some great little onzens and snow monkeys aren't too far away. And yeah. He grew up near there. He he uh he grew up in the Shigokogan area. Uh he was a skier when he was a little hmm. uh teenager. He wanted to that that was his dream when he was a kid. We're talking about Mr. Suzuki here, Shinji Suzuki. Um and uh mister Suzuki uh said that once uh who was that who was that big German uh, skier who came uh what was his name? I've forgotten. <laughs> I've forgotten. Anyway, he says he remembers the professional skiers coming from Europe, and they all had had legs the size of tree trunks. And he just gave that one up. He said, "Oh well, yeah." And his story is interesting too. He was uh, he wasn't sure what he was going to do. His his father died when he was ten, and hmm. um, uh, his mother ran a florist. Uh, Shops, so they didn't they didn't really have uh, have a lot, and uh, but he was interested in horticulture, and he said it was between bonsai and and orchids, and he he said he investigated the orchids very briefly uh, by going down into what he described as like this cellar like place where they had these spotlights over their work tables, and they were probably doing some crossing or you know something right. like that, and he said it spooked him out. He said it just freaked. It was like ghosty, and he 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 couldn't wait to get up in the air again. And that 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 shut that door. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, so, stick to uh, bones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, he had some connection, it, it was through his mother. And I can't remember what that connection, how the connection to Hamano came about. But, yeah. Uh. uh but. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So there's. I'll loop that story in. But anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and yeah, and yeah. for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. Shinji Suzuki studied with Mr. Hamano of Tojuin, which is the garden mm-hmm. that Mr. Kimura studied at as well.
1: Right. So Ryan and I are like cousins. So
0: we're like cousins. Yeah, we're like distant yeah. relatives. Right of, right. of the of the traditional lineage.
1: Right. 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 I see Ryan do something, and there's a there's a whiff of of familiarity. <laughs> oh, always. Right. It's
0: <laughs> kind of fascinating. Of it, yeah. To, there's a bit of that. There there's is. some DNA that carries forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Some Tojuin DNA. Yes, <laughs> which is very fascinating to see. I, I enjoy the yeah. traditional portions of mm. Japanese bonsai. I, I don't identify with them mm. because it's it's obviously culturally mm. not. It was I, yeah. Japan was about as foreign as it gets, yeah. for what I had ever experienced in my life. Yeah. yeah. Particularly embedding, being embedded in the culture in the way that being an apprentice embeds you in the culture. Yeah. yeah. We get past all the polite formalities (laughs) of being a tourist. You know, and you're, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you cut right through the fat when you're an apprentice and you integrate into that <laughs> That's system. That's a good way to
1: put it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah kind gets, of the lowest
0: tier on the totem pole. It, it gets bowl. ugly fast. It does get ugly you're on fast.
1: The, yeah, the butcher block comes out and the fat is trimmed. Yeah, <laughs> just. They talk about tamago there, but I thought it was trimming fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> you know, breaking the egg, the tamago. You know, yeah. Break the egg. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel like that. I felt like I was losing. Losing, losing, losing. <laughs> right. But did did you have more culture shock coming back than going yes. there? Yes, I did. did. I, did too. I had I had such trouble.
0: It was really challenging horrible, to come horrible home. Horrible trouble. Yeah. I
1: love the food. That was the hardest thing. Was walking through the stores and every other thing had, had high fructose corn syrup in it and I, I just couldn't I had trouble finding anything to eat. Yeah. For a while until I kind of recalibrated and figured out, well actually it's there. You just have to make it <laughs>
2: did you
0: well and i guess this kind of comes back to where you were saying sort of you know in terms of the same artist statement and it seemed like japanese artists all those subtle differences are working off the same artist statement and in the western world you know what's happening here at Mirai and what's happening at your facility and what's happening at somebody else's are, are all mm-hmm. dramatically different mm-hmm. and and do tend to be di- different artist statements right hmm do you did you enjoy japan and the formalities that existed there were you excited to come back to the united oh, wow. states and how has that how <laughs> well, has that <laughs> reconciled itself over your time being a bonsai professional now cuz i i feel like you work on both <laughs> sides you work on the freedom yeah. side dispelling of the ceramic body and you work on the traditional side valuing yeah. the antique container and some of the traditional elements and it's (laughs) it's a wonderful whimsical from the outside looking in at your approach it's like man there feels like there is just an utter amount of freedom and diversity to play because it feels like you embrace both sides of that and i'm just curious Mm. how that all worked out
1: wow that's interesting well i have a german mother to start with so (laughs) 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 so there's you know some of the I mean, there isn't a speck of dust in her house. I mean, that, uh, there's, uh, hi, Mom. I don't know. Yeah, she won't be listening to this. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, probably not. But, you know, that coming from that background, there was a part of it that wasn't much of a shock. And, and part, I don't know if that, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Mm. Uh, that. I mean, the end of that helped me. The problem was that when I was a kid, I didn't like that very much. <laughs> right. I remember my, my college, my first room in college was Spartan so and I, I i did i did keep some of that you know from that that upbringing but then in japan yeah the tradition and then going sideways i uh yeah two things i guess i, I guess i um i was i i've, I've always appreciated the tradition i I, th- I think it's you know like and maybe you feel this way too it's just it's just the wonderful windfall of so many smart people Mm-hmm. Um, and what a gift I mean it's just this incredible gift that you don't have to think in fact it's better if you don't think uh, <laughs> if you don't talk about it you just sort of learn it in in silence or near silence but then then you got to do your own thinking um, once you start doing your own work and I think I, I was I was somewhat set up and we talked about this a little earlier from my background I've I Play around with things. You know? I was kind of, you know, <laughs> kind of tweak things a little bit. That I'm just sort of hardwired to to muck around, um, um, and I've been drawing and painting since I was, you know, like five. Um, so, so there's some of that was back there, but but also there was something that Suzuki said that it all sort of supported everything that was still there. And he said, um, he said, you know, we have to make the work that can get into the big shows. We have to know how to do that. But then you, we also have to have the work that's just for ourselves. Mm. And some of your clients might like that too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that conversation, you know, really went in. Mm. Uh, um, also because I wanted to hear it, I guess, or I was prepped to hear it because it's, you know, I, I, I did appreciate the tradition. That's sort of why I was there, you know? Um, uh, and then um, and then it was just probably natural to play around. Um, regarding the the lack of, I mean, it's almost ironic that I kind of gave up Cer- ceramics, <laughs> in, in terms of the usage, in, in, currently in my yard, I've. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, I use some slab and some, to some degree, some cut-up nylon and whatnot, and then either bolted together or hot glued or, or or whatever. But often it's just simply a slab, and it's either a nylon cutting board or Corian. Um, sort of countertop material to use as sort of a as a substitute for uh, man-made or a natural rock um, underneath something, <laughs> um, and and I have to admit a lot of that was uh, was was sort of the necessity of the mother invention kind of thing because mm-hmm. I, I I didn't I had I had more energy to play around. And find something new, then to actually source what I assumed I needed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was if the, if that makes sense. In other words, to go to someone or to make a a, 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 a natural rock slab or to source a a, 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 a natural rocker. You know. Um, anyway, uh, it it's um, uh, it, it, it it almost came out of laziness. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I've never admitted that. Uh, yeah. Certainly not to such a large audience. But, but I don't even think to myself <laughs> I admitted that. But, um, but I do like taking one thing out of the equation, and um, uh, and maybe you're doing this up north sometimes. How you're flipping things around uh, with the uh, the program you have up there at the Pacific Museum. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's such a, uh, an amazing uh, adventure, um, and so. It in in my yard just sort of taking one piece away currently that's been what it is uh, i guess
0: but yeah. the piece that you took away was the piece that you had dedicated yourself prior to going to yeah, Japan, which point. I think has... I was has, trying
1: to escape that, but you brought it back. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, and I don't want no, no, to like, push this on no, you or there's anything, more to the but, story. Th- but this no, is... No, you're going somewhere good. I, I'm <laughs> no, curious. No, no, you're, you're good. know that you're going somewhere good because the thing is that the uh, <laughs> the ceramics... Uh, it, it's funny. It I When I, when I was a potter... I wasn't. I, I have to say, I wasn't in love with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I. It was fun. It was. It was like. It was like a good friend, but it wasn't a marriage. There. Were, it was. It was enjoyable. It was a pleasant, quiet career. Um, mm-hmm. And and yet, I wasn't driven to share it, like I teach like the like I'm driven to do for bonsai, which hmm. it, it just is what it is. You know, I just have a different connection with it. But uh, but I could be. Um, I could be working on pots all day long in the studio, and I could realize um, at the end of the day when I was walking home um, that I hadn't actually been thinking or being present with the ceramics at all, that I had been thinking about trees all day long. Wow. And it's really, there's only so many years you can do that when you realize you got a divorce coming your way. Yeah. And that's what it felt like I felt when I was in Japan. As in, because I went immediately there from the ceramic career, I felt like I'd had a career divorce. Oh, interesting! And it was really hard for me to engage at all with uh, the um, uh, uh, names of potters and all the you know the wonderful history from, uh, of Japanese and 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 uh, Chinese uh, pots that are just so uh, visually amazing, and you know a lot of the training that i had as a potter uh as a ceramist was um was looking at that world and then then i went over there and i wasn't interested at all Mm. i I just i wanted to ignore it all i couldn't because i you know i had to know what what we needed yeah you know uh but it was uh it w- that was almost painful <laughs> yeah interesting <laughs> so that was going on too <laughs> Look,
0: i mean in tru- truly dis- truly a divorce where love uh, almost turns to a hate of
2: uh, almost, or a distaste it, of um, sorts almost
1: almost and it's not like that anymore yeah. and i have made pots uh, a little bit uh, i haven't told many people that but it, it was uh, but but little cats only, out of the bag only, now yeah right no this was gosh how long ago was it? 6 years ago 7 years ago oh, i okay. made i made like 1 quarter of a kiln load with a friend Mm. who was filling up the rest of the kiln that might have been all i made and it was interesting i enjoyed it it was it was really like riding a bike that was interesting to see you know and i and i made some pots i was really uh, happy with but but it was interesting to have that um that awareness that i really didn't need it yeah yeah
0: interesting and with bonsai you feel different
1: I've always felt different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it it, it says it, it, it it's both good and bad, like any passionate relationship <laughs> is. I mean, there are parts of it that drive you nuts, and 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 there's um and there are parts that that give you your deepest lessons and. I just never had that with ceramics, you know. I wasn't learning enough. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the easier Ooh, way to put it. I like it. that. I just wasn't growing enough, or yeah. wasn't
0: pu- wasn't pushing you as much as bonsai no, does. Not really. Maybe. Or I,
1: yeah, or yeah, and I wasn't pushing back, or I don't uh, know. how, maybe, how, it, how yeah. it even works. That relationship didn't
0: yeah, even exactly. exist. Yeah, yeah, right, right fascinating, right, right. What I mean, what is it about what it, What do you think it is about bonsai that caught? What is it about bonsai that became that thing for I you?
1: I think I. Th- yeah, you know, I think this is why it was always this little this little c- career that, that, that never quite got started until I was in my mid-30s. <laughs> it's because it had always been there. But the reason that it had always been there and that I'd always stayed with it since age 15 uh, was because I th- it combined... The several of my major interests since I was a kid. I was growing cacti, actually, uh, when I was in my early teens. Uh, my mother was a big gardener. And I was helping out in the family garden. Mm-hmm. So I, I was beginning to have some, some interest in plants back then. Um, and um, so I was pretty serious about cacti. And I was uh, studying uh, Asian art, particularly Japanese art, particularly uh, woodblock prints. Um, cool. And I was doing a lot of drawing and painting at that time. Um and bonsai was just a marriage. Um, yeah, and then the science thing came much later. You know mm-hmm. that that, that you know, we were talking a little bit about artist statement, but one of the things that that I enjoy investigating, particularly in the environs around here, um, uh, in the forest that we have here is the the interconnection of, of not just plants but what plants are connected with you know mm-hmm. all the animals and produce and everything else the insects that yeah. are that are part of all this and, and i enjoy creating things that kind of rift off of some of that um so anyway i think all, and, and that goes back to who i was hanging out with back when i was a kid all those naturalists
0: <laughs> very very cool very strong connection. Do you, do you have from growing up do you in New York, do you still have a definition uh, uh, of what a tree is uh, relating to something from that time? Or has your perspective if somebody said, "Oh yeah, yeah, Hey, Michael, what's a tree? Yeah. You know, what, what, what would, what would first come to mind for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think you and I talked about this years ago. Uh, and and it, I think it, it, we did talk about, you know, where we grew up and how that had a big influence on what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so in upstate New York, where I grew up, um, also, well, although my father was an academic, we it was almost like a military family. We were moving around a lot, getting his different degrees in various places, but it was mostly on the East Coast. And so the forests were very similar. You know, we didn't move across the, the country, uh, at least while I was a... An awake uh, person. I was born in California, but uh, we left there when I was too young. But to get back to the story, uh, the forests that I was looking at were all mixed forests. We had uh, we had eastern hemlock. Uh, we had uh, we had uh, the beach out there, uh, mm-hmm. both of which form uh, along with uh, uh, red maple form uh, the climax forest of much of uh, of eastern northern. Uh, uh area and in fact when I was a kid I think I was in my college years in the summers I would I would go backpacking by myself solo backpacking for about a week and I would go to find old growth spots and there weren't many of them um, but I was really interested in seeing what they looked like and they were amazing wow the old hemlocks with the big fat branches really high on the trees and, and these really old beaches um, Beach is a long lived tree. They can live 400 years. Yeah. It's really a, a remarkable plant. And then the red cedar, although that's part of the climax, is a little bit of a younger plant than those, but they they know when some of those forests started because they know the fires, you know, 400 years ago or whatever, you know, in the, in the records. And uh, anyway, it's, it's interesting uh, um, uh, to go through there. But anyway, I, I you know, you look at my backyard and it's 50% deciduous and you know, yeah. 50% conifer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe that's what, uh, what made me lean in the direction of Suzuki because he had not quite that percentage, but he had maybe 25% uh, deciduous.
0: He's very diverse. He's yeah, very diverse. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel like for a Japanese bone type professional of his caliber and skill level mm. to be able to approach uh mm-hmm. such a wide genre of trees with that level is really mm-hmm. impressive. Mm-hmm.
1: He he fell in love with a different tree every month. A different species, you know, when something was doing something excited, he would be hopping around, mm.
0: showing it off and being excited about it. <laughs> did he do a lot of work? Did you see him work a lot or did he not?
1: I uh, uh yes, yeah, sometimes, like sometimes, you? but you know, when I was there he was he was starting to um uh to do less and less. Uh, uh, because he was relying on uh, apprentices. And then before I got there, there was a... Well, there were two. Amachi was one, and then there was another another guy, uh, Tabata-san. Mm-hmm. And he... Uh, they, were, they were both employees. And so when he started to have apprentices, he started to work less there, and he would be at clients' places working there. So we didn't see him work as much mm-hmm. um, uh, after a while. Uh, but... Uh, um and then he did he did a lot of uh salesmanship so he would he would buy not just bonsai but other types of things he knew the value of things really well and a big part of his business came from selling things that he had bought at a much lower price. And uh, he was just really savvy with that kind of thing. He Mm. had a really, he was really diversified. He owned one of those complexes on the side of a highway where, you know, there was a restaurant, a gas station and a gift store, you know, they're really popular in Japan. He owned one of those. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he just, he, he's got his feet many, many different places. Maybe, maybe that's why his bonsai garden is so diverse.
0: I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's interesting. How, how did, um, How did you obtain the skills and, and sort of, or Mm -hmm. learn from Mr. Suzuki? How did that, how did that happen for you?
1: Almost every day. And, and we were, uh, I mean, sometimes he'd be on longer trips, but he was, um, uh, occasionally traveling, but he was almost there every day and, and we would be fighting our way through trees and he would come in and, and critique us. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he was a little bit of a younger master, so he was only five years older. Is only five years older than me. Uh, so he would give us little lectures, you know, little, little conversations. He wouldn't just say do it this way. He would often tell us why, or, mm-hmm. you know, and and that was really interesting. He was, he loved teaching. He was a he was a really avid teacher. Mm. Um, and that was, uh, I didn't expect that. In fact, nobody knew what to expect. I was his first foreign apprentice. And I remember talking about this with Boone. He, he said, you know, we, we don't really know where we're, we're sending you off to, um, uh, because no, no one's got their, uh, eyes out there. We don't have a, a, fly on the wall there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was a big unknown. Yeah. Um, uh, but as it turned out, he, um, he was, he was really strict. I mean, he would, uh he he get pretty flamey, uh, but not in a yelling kind of way, but you could definitely tell when he was pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, as everybody knows, you learn pretty quick when, uh, <laughs> when somebody yes. that you respect and then, and I mean, you're working with something that's alive, you know, you, you know, screwing something up isn't, you know, it's not really part of the okay, uh, <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Not acceptable. Not, not quite acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 but but then he would always have uh you, you know at at some part of the day you know there was a little bit of a lightness to his personality uh, so there it was a very rare day when he was sort of mood moody the whole day that mm. was that was pretty
0: rare and and <laughs> how 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 did he set the standard because i would say a facilities yeah. in japan his facility is is at the peak of perfection uh, you know as close as you can get with living material mm. in terms of just the cl- the cleanliness of the facilities in Japan is not expected but there right, are there are yeah. still levels yeah. to the game yeah. of that cleanliness I of the aesthetic so. of it yeah. of the beauty of it and his is i would say very very high
1: it's it's good it's very good yeah yeah i think some of the older some of the I mean, the pseudos have got some, you know that's an incredible spot. and uh, but for kind of a modern take on things, Suzuki did a really ne- nice job. and I do remember him saying, um, that he kept it one notch below his best clients' spots. Uh-huh. He said he didn't, you know he didn't didn't want to <laughs> so I mean, he knew he could have gone that one extra level, but I mean, Gen like us going there you know we probably wouldn't yeah <laughs> until we've been there for a while and yeah, been around you, you wouldn't that. know but you know you and i can see a little bit of a difference but it's you know it's it's a pretty impressive place and i think his sense of space in particular his his understanding of architecture and sculptural uh, uh, placement and negative space is really really good mm-hmm. um, uh, he plays with scale a lot and, and i know that's kind of popular these days um but he was doing some really fun things um and in the original garden and he had trees in these big uh metal containers that were huge i mean they were never repotted or anything they were just placed in there and there'd be big yard trees but they were sort of bonsai like yeah they were amazing <laughs> uh, they were they were really cool they were so cool yeah yeah.
0: Getting to see both facilities, yeah. getting to see the the yeah. old mm-hmm. museum, and yeah. then getting to see the new facility, that right. was really, that was yeah. really, um, I'm glad that I had that chance and opportunity. Oh, I remember you
1: came there. I that came was before. See, that's right, your,
0: before I started my apprenticeship. Was it apprenticeship. just
1: before? Was it like a week or two later? It when was, did you start? Yeah, I
0: started a week after, a week two, after. actually two weeks after that. Oh, okay. All yeah.
1: Right. But that was the only time that I was there that you visited, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was fun. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. I remember thinking you had a lot of strength of personality. I remember that. I remember thinking you <laughs> you, you you had a good chance. I mean, we we hadn't met before. I don't think. No, no. Yeah, I no. mean, I I, I knew, mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, knew you, who you know, were. You didn't have <laughs> you know any how that is. I people was. come in and they say they're going to do this, and some people you're like, eh, I don't know, yeah, I don't sure. Know. I didn't. I didn't have that feeling with you. I was like,
2: yeah, you know, I want. I was in it and to that, win that, it, that man. And was so
1: weird. Later, I don't remember if I ever told you this. We were at the. Uh, in, in Tokyo at the Kokufu show and we were both there helping our master set things up and I saw this guy Jin step off a truck and walk up the slope and put his hands behind him and stand there and I didn't recognize you. Mm. Yeah. You had lost so much weight. I <laughs> did.
0: I did. I lost like uh Well we, we I think all think I lost close to thirty pounds. <laughs>
1: yeah. In the first uh, three months no, I believe was there. It. I, I think i I've always been so skinny that I gained weight and it was uh <laughs> it was it was a few pounds of muscle mass <laughs> yeah I weighed myself at one point it was like eight pounds but i still was skinny i mean i was <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, uh we were all skinny over there i, I i'm not going to say who this was, but there was one person who followed me uh another foreign apprentice who was so hungry all the time he- he was super skinny and he was uh like an athlete and he he was uh, eating some of the food that the other princes threw away <laughs> oh <laughs> he was wow going through the garbage yeah. was like, there were all kinds of shit in there i mean there was no, i won't tell you who that was and he was just it was just yeah he yeah just he was so it. hungry yeah. i mean when you're was, hungry you're dumpster diving and that's essentially what he was I, doing <laughs> and i i probably would have been doing it too i didn't need as much fuel as as he did but he gotta was you got to do what you got to do he was an athlete i mean this guy
0: was yeah well, that, I mean, it, Mr. Camara always said an apprentice should always be slightly hungry. Ugh. That, 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 was, that was what he abided oh by. Oh, my gosh. It, that was his I mentality. I'm going more
1: weight at your place. Definitely. Yeah. Well, he stuck
0: me in the smallest spot in the workshop, Damn. which was right next to him. And he said, you Ouch. have to work there until you shrink. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, I, I started in the middle of August. I'd never lived oh, in a no. place with that kind of heat oh, no. and humidity. Oh. 30 pounds. I I I don't think <laughs> I've ever reacquired down, right? the water, you know, like content in my body.
1: I felt it like it was like Georgia.
0: Yeah. I mean, even up in in
1: Nagano prefecture, it was crazy.
0: Was it humid up there? It was terribly humid. Yeah, yeah. Japan is another level. It of was that terrible. Kind of, it was and really the first gnarly.
1: Full, it was, well, the first summer I was there, we had four times the usual number of typhoons, and it was. Oh, yeah, so it was a horrible year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you did you do all the tying down thing and the relocating oh, and yeah. the yeah? That was a disaster. The typhoons, boy, that wiped you out. And then you couldn't sleep because everything was slamming exactly. around at night. It was like oh, you, you'd lose three days. Well, and we just, we couldn't sleep because we
0: were expected to be there. Ah, yeah. So we had to be yeah, at the garden was, during the typhoons. But then you know, yeah. you guys prepared well for <clears> snow because you obviously got so much more snow. But when it yeah. snowed. We yeah. had to be up in yeah. the middle of the night at the garden, yeah. dusting yeah. off the trees and stuff. Yes. And snow was way worse yeah. than typhoons. Oh, really? Because then we had to come and shovel and sweep and deal with all of that oh, to make gosh. it presentable. It was, it was not, it was not I'm a not place kidding. that existed with snow through the winter at oh. Mr. Kimura's, So it was looked at as a bother, and the apprentices were to get rid of the bother. Yeah. Oh, I so, see. so we oh. snow was really complex for us. Oh man! Yeah. I bet. Jeez,
1: yeah, that would you'd lose a lot of sleep there. A lot of sleep, yeah, a lot of sleep. Spent a yeah. lot of nights
0: at the physical facility, which was not comfortable or oh warm or cozy. Oh
1: my gosh! Oh my gosh! Boy, but. we're telling a lot of stories here, and you know, I'll tell you one more. In Suzuki's early years, uh, he had a greenhouse collapse. Oh wow! Yeah, the, I think they didn't have some of the struts. But you know, when you have wind and whatnot, if you don't have Physical, I mean, the cables will do part of it. But if you have wind and then snow hits one side of the greenhouse, it can still crush.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And uh, and so he had a whole bunch of trees that for the last 10 years he had been working back crowns that were crushed. And I mean, it was just, you know, ume that were just destroyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really, really a um, uh, some of them he hadn't worked on in 10 years. He was just, you know, still heartbroken. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Um, all of us have a story like this something something I tell you, you happened what. it's just <laughs> what.
0: Cat- catastrophic yes catastrophic and potentially a turning point Either yes you're going to persevere or you're going to go a yeah, different you're direction go
1: to the nth level and yep. you know, that will not happen again yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah i think yeah. bonsai is such a uh yeah. is such a test of your perseverance as a yeah. as a person who wishes to engage with this relationship yeah. of tiny trees and it sounds so ridiculous yeah. Yeah. You know, to have a relationship with a tree.
1: No, but it's a real accurate. Uh, it th- is. It just it's is. It's a part of what we do. It. Yeah, sure. And I'm sure all the hobbyists that are listening to this, uh, all uh, many of them, uh, you know, have the same uh, feelings. Uh, yeah. In fact, you and I were talking a little earlier about how hobbyists, uh, you know, they take this really seriously. This is. I'm sometimes amazed at some of the conversations that I get involved with. Um, you know, they're just. Uh, these uh, red hot questions, and, yeah. and and I realize these things have been bouncing around in their heads for a long time. And this is, uh, I mean, we all take our hobbies crazy serious. I mean, you know, embarrassingly, I I'm, I'm a really serious birder, and I have a a scope and a and a tripod. Well, my birding tripod is a hell of a lot better than the one i have in the studio right for, you know i'm like wait a minute you know I'm, a, I'm <laughs> so, a yeah, professional, this year but this is like, changing yeah. <laughs> you know is what i realized yes. it's like yeah all right we gotta you know. anyway no i <laughs> i mean sometimes there's a performance difference but sometimes it's just simply a price difference that's it's off the charts you're know, like yeah, what, what is going on here <laughs> yep. Yep. but we all take our hobbies you know really really seriously they're like they're like our our uh, our little child uh, the mentality. You know, we really kind of uh, coddle. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Because Va- they so valued, yeah.
0: right? Like it's your. Well, yeah, it's your hobby. Yeah. It's something that you're choosing to do. Allocate resources towards. Use your precious time. Right. To right. do it clearly is giving you something back like that. Right. Right.
1: That and we don't give up either in hard times. And uh, I mean, I was amazed actually during the the recession. You know, ten years ago. Yeah, you know, clients were just so loyal. I mean, they, they, we had to keep things going. We had, to, you know, it was just, and I kept hearing this story about other uh, other kinds of hobbies. And people would, you know, they'd give up on their their vacations, but they didn't give up on their their hobbies. They yeah. kept those going. It yeah. was really, it was d- interesting stories.
0: Hmm.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, bonsai is a. I, I mean, in hobbies in general, <laughs> and you and I were talking about how yeah. serious some people take it, and and being professionals. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it rounds the corners of our <laughs> yeah. of our sensation <laughs> towards bonsai because I definitely don't <laughs> feel. I mean, I love bonsai more today than I ever have. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I truly do, and that, I, that's yeah. with the utmost sincerity that I can yeah. say that. Um, that's great to hear. Yeah. But I almost feel like it allows it yeah. to be a little bit less serious sometimes. It does,
1: and that's what we were talking about earlier. Right? It's like we spend so much time, you know, just kind of picking up leaves, and you know, <laughs> and also I think a lot, you know, and yeah, just round the corners to say, and 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 uh, and there's maybe a, I don't know, um, I wouldn't say a more gentle approach, but there's there's something else there. I mean, you know, I actually I think a lot of it is because we've you know, I've wrestled with these, the big questions long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember in ceramics, it was this way that we had the, uh, some huge questions, you know, uh, especially the potters had a horrible time actually, you know, is, 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 uh, is our, our pots for the table art, you know, and they, all, right. everybody wanted to be an artist and they struggled and struggled with this question. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, bonsai is bonsai. You know, name something else that does anything like bonsai. Yeah, exactly. You know? and yeah. And the same thing with, you know, ceramics in a way. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, these, these labels don't mean as much as we think when we begin to start struggling with these questions. And, um we all go through them and they're almost right of passages and they are important. And I, you don't want to belittle the, the questions because they're, they're big ones and, and, and people come to unique answers, which is the important part. You know, these yeah. are, we have to come to an individual answer. We can't come to an answer that our teacher has, has come to necessarily. I mean, we, I think we can be obviously inspired by our teachers. I remember the teacher that I had for ceramics, which, you know, ultimately became my career for a while. Was the most inspiring teacher at the school. <laughs> was, I mean, uh, it was no. I mean, I could have been a photographer or a printmaker, which I really enjoyed, but it ended up being ceramics. I don't know if I had any more ability with ceramics. I don't think I did than um, than printmaking, but that's the direction I chose to go in because I think I was reading his language better. Mm. Maybe his ideas drove me more passionately, or hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's just. Uh, I mean, so, actually, I think sometimes um, I've I've wondered about that since that's, that that maybe I could have chosen a different path than ceramics. Had I had, uh, you know, as a studio or art major, a bonsai teacher, would I have, you know, all, all, all teachers being maybe the same level of, of passion or influence, would I have chosen bonsai? Yeah. Or, yeah, anyway, I, I just kind of ponder those yeah. ponder those questions. <laughs> and really the utility of being too inspiring. Um to teacher to, to my students. Mm-hmm. I uh, I wonder about that. Not that I have really probably any uh uh any risk there, but
2: <laughs> I, bet I your definitely was would know say Bob
1: I don't know if Bob Peleski is listening to this, but he was very inspiring to me as my ceramics teacher.
0: <laughs> That's um, but maybe you needed the experience of the ceramic body not giving you what you needed to recognize that bone bonsai yeah. did give that to you know it's like yeah who, there you go who knows there's so yeah, many ways to look yeah. at it it probably worked right. out exactly as it needed to well yeah probably
1: and that's like any relationship right sure you, you get you get in, entangled with with uh, with any kind of relationship and and, and uh, you know usually we try and push it in one direction or another oh I, I want a friendship or oh I want a relationship or. Mm-hmm. But in the end it's going to become what it's supposed to be all <laughs> along anyway when and you come uh, out on the other we, side and, you yeah. know we get involved with it and push it in one direction or another. i think we're we're just that's just a fool's errand yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah yet yeah. yeah. it's it's an unavoidable it is unavoidable, it's an unavoidable. it is well i mean it that kind of it, it <laughs> this is so when we first started talking One of the things that came up to me is now you've been doing bonsai professionally in North America, independent of your apprenticeship for 12 or 13. Do you need some water? Let me fill you up there.
1: Got a little coffee here, which I haven't had in three
0: years. We were just talking about this. I'm going to
1: be up till like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, me too. It's had that impact. Six hours past my bedtime. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Well, I'm gonna be calling you tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah <right. laughs> 3 a.m. Please do, God please damn do it, Ryan. Why did I say yes to let uh, your coffee? To you. <laughs> I'll
0: let Teddy talk to you. Uh, no, I was thinking about this in terms of okay, so you go to Japan and 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 there is this tradition and and you do have I I really like the artist statement uh, a correlation that you kind of drew where it's like they're functioning off of a very similar artist statement and then coming back. You had a relationship with the ceramic body that was conflicted to a degree i would say i would say it quantifies as a divorce <laughs> and and you're also culturally grew up in this inquisitive environment in a free environment of of north yeah. america with mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Y- you know definitely highly educated influential people around you and and so you've explored, do you ever look back on the stuff that you learned in Japan and think, boy, I don't, I think that tradition was a negative or maybe mm. Im- impacted that or was detrimental to its growth or evolution? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really, that's an interesting thought that, you know, tradition itself is maybe an organism in it, and it kind of delays or... Or uh, whatever its own development, you know, mm. it's kind of a <laughs> a predatory, self predatory organism. I mean, I it, it's an interesting idea.
0: Um, ball, I would say more of like ball and chain. And I don't kind know if that's thing. what you were what you're saying. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe yeah. ball and chain, or maybe w- accepting something that yeah. because you're you're essentially the way that you quantified tradition was you are really reaping the rewards of the fruits of a lot of brilliant people that have created that and their tradition mistakes. yeah it's yeah. A, so it's a double-edged sword right there right yes yeah. 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 yeah the, the, the filtration the of mistakes. this yeah right. and you are accepting what is being said as right. if it is a product of that filtration or evolution right. Right. over right. the course of time that complacency <laughs> can lead to a degradation of that value right absolutely
1: and th- and that's why uh, it, it's uh, this is a great flowering of the art of bonsai and you know in the last 50 years or so yeah in particular yeah and, and uh even more since kathy shaner uh i mean she's talking i mean we were talking about boone earlier uh, kathy was really the the pioneer um to go over there i mean i still can't comprehend i still shake my head at what she did
0: unimaginable
1: it, i can't I, yeah i can't I can't even comprehend it.
0: Unimaginable.
1: Um, You and I had a hard enough time.
0: Yeah. I think you had
1: a much tougher time than I did.
0: Uh, Just different ways, right? Yeah, different Different ways. ways. (laughs)
1: Different ways. But Kimura was definitely stricter. I mean, he was definitely a a more challenging master. Uh, But um, Mitsuya and Kathy, I guess, got along. But then she had, you know, after the work day, she was in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, after their work day, she was still working. Yeah. You know, as an exhausted person trying to fill this other role. I yeah. Mean, it's just, it's astonishing to me what she did.
0: That's astonishing. Incredible. And being present in California when she returned, or even in the Western United States when she returned. Yeah. The, the adrenaline shot that that gave bonsai, particularly Northern California, where it she did. was really Yeah, really energized things. Out. I mean, and getting to go yeah. that was the first time we're seeing magazines, yeah. reading magazines, yeah. and then for me having grown up in rural Colorado on the western slope, a great distance from Denver where yeah, yeah. actual resources existed. <laughs> and then all of a sudden being yeah. in California and, and and seeing Kathy Shaner execute techniques that had been Unimaginable, unfathomable yes. branches yeah. I'd never seen bent, and she yes. just effortlessly accomplished these things yeah. was just like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, my enthusiasm well, yeah. for boneside just exploded. Absolutely.
2: It
1: was like the first Kimura book that came out. Uh-huh. I mean, I remember I remember Suzuki talking about that, you know, after his apprenticeship finished up. And then this book comes out, and he went, Oh my gosh, the whole world turned on its head, yeah. is what he said. It was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Now what you know? <laughs> I yeah. mean, it was a it was a it was a watershed moment, and Kathy, you know, was definitely one of those moments yeah. for North America.
0: Yeah. Kathy, and then Boone, and then in, and and and, yeah. and she really opened yeah. the door for everybody yeah, else.
1: Yeah, look at everybody from Europe and and elsewhere. I mean, there's a huge group of people. Of
0: but I benefit. think there's a strong point that we started talking about, and Mr. Kamura said it to me when I. I'll never forget my last night in Japan saying goodbye to Mr. Kimura, hmm. Mr. Fujikawa, all the younger apprentices oh, yeah. that were currently well, studying, my kohai and sort Fujikawa of that send-off there. and Mr. Kimura the last thing he said to me is well, when you go home, I guess your journey in education and bonsai begins. And I was There you go. and I was <laughs> like, at that point I was like, no no no. No, I came here for that. <laughs> I came right. here for the right. answers. Oh what are you talking about? Oh and gosh. <laughs> it it truly is. Japan is not <laughs> the end of the road. You don't Definitely leave Japan not. as a as a bonsai master.
1: Absolutely. I hope nobody listening to this
0: believes that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> uh, you leave Japan and that's the that's the moment where yeah. you get to start. You yeah. just have all yeah. of the that's ex- right. you, exposure. You,
1: yeah. Yeah. You know that you know the butterfly, you know <laughs> with the, all the, the crumpled wings. Yeah, right. That's sort of what it feels like, you know, when you, you yeah. exit a exit a, an apprenticeship, you feel kind of crumpled. Uh yeah.
0: And just talking about <clears throat> falling falling on our faces a lot, yeah. being bonsai professionals. I think a lot of people have the yeah, misconception that, that we don't deal with that, but I would say huh. <laughs> we tend to deal with that mo- maybe even more.
1: Well, you know, some of the best educational moments I have when the seasonal students come is pointing out, hey, this is this is what I learned in the last six months, and yeah. uh, this is this has been a rough ride. Yeah, don't do this.
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, ca- yeah catastrophic yeah, failures. Uh, yeah, catastrophic failures. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm recovering from what I would consider yeah. to be a, a fairly Fairly widespread, not a catastrophic yeah. failure, but a very detrimental year last year. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. did not... Yeah, you were sharing that. Yeah, yeah. did not have... Yeah. W- wasn't the smartest way to go about it, number one. Experimental, number two. Mm-hmm. And uh, further reinforcing the fact mm-hmm. that bonsai are not your standard uh, plants. Right, right, right. They right. don't that behave can, like everybody predicts they will.
1: Absolutely. You're not up-potting them into something bigger. You're not putting them in the ground. You're. Just, I mean, everything changes when you're doing the things that normal horticultural assumes yeah 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 that kind of energy that a plant would have um gives any plant so much of an advantage um uh fighting off all kinds of stressors not not just pathogens but environmental and you know just a whole range
2: yeah
0: yeah what, what is bonsai now, uh, you're working on books, and, and you've engaged in this, in this experiment of the tiny house in that space, and it's mm. having an influence on you. Yeah. Wh- what is, what's driving your bonsai passion, or what are you excited about? You asked me in the garden, what are you excited yeah. about right now? What are you yeah. excited about? What about bonsai drives you oh right gosh. now? What, what, what really <laughs> turns your crank? creating
1: an online course <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> having to learn so much so we were talking earlier ryan you know started this long ago with the podcast and all the video that uh that he's done and uh, uh, like many people right now i'm doing a big pivot um because i am not doing um uh, for at least a, a couple months the uh, the small classes that uh um that we've been doing for for many years um uh, anyway it it's a new way to frame things and so in a sense although i'm learning a whole new language but i'm also having to frame it differently so i'm actually learning some things about bon- at least phrasing you know how, how how do you present information differently and then you know you inevitably learn something that mm-hmm. way um so that that's fun uh, i'm really enjoying that um I'm still enjoying uh, working with some of our natives here in the Northwest that I've never used before uh, or very exclusively uh, the, Yellow cedar, uh, I've been playing with uh, that Anton collects up there. By the way, I never knew what what, what yellow cedar, why it was called that. Well, it's the wood <laughs> we were carving on one yesterday, and the wood is really yellow. I mean, is it? It's, it's almost osage orange kind of kind of yellow. Oh yeah. wow! I mean, that's more orange, but it's just yeah, yeah. It's just an amazingly uh, bright uh, light yellow color um, and uh, gorgeous. Seems to last a long time too. Uh, hmm. Kind of juniper like. Anyway, playing with that is such a strong tree, and uh, so anyway, it was just we were looking at some of the um, spring growth management that we were doing last year, and the effects of it are coming out now, and it's just, just a remarkably strong tree, mm. uh, really interesting plant. Um, which, as we were talking about uh, earlier, uh, I guess taxonomists are still wrestling over <laughs> what genus They can't actually make up is. their freaking mind. <laughs> the Camaciparis thuya cupressus,
0: <laughs> like what's it gonna be, you know?
1: a coin there's only,
0: uh, let's get there alaskan alaskan yeah, yellow right. cedar is, is the common name and that's the only <laughs> consistent the scientific name is supposed right. to be what you right rest, yeah exactly, rest exactly. On, right? This, is
1: a, this is a rarity you know where the common name is something you can depend on yeah, exactly <laughs> it's crazy
0: i haven't worked with alaskan yellow cedar that much i've got a eastern yeah, white cedar here. uh through yeah. the in talus yeah, yeah. that i was working on yeah. today yeah and then uh, I really like the Western Reds. I like Placata a lot. They it's, are strong it's looking. fun. Yeah.
1: And that one I haven't worked with. I've worked with the Yellow Seed They look kind of similar in a lot of ways. The strength and the... They do do Yeah. agree? Yeah. Yep. yeah. The, in mm-hmm. fact, yeah.
0: Yeah. the only way to tell them apart of, uh, uh, outside mm-hmm. of being very familiar with them is, mm-hmm. is the texture of the needles. Mm. Oh. Because uh, oh, the Western will actually has a spike on it that'll catch you as you slide your hand along the needles. And oh, the, no kidding. And the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, Alaskan yellow doesn't.
1: Yeah. yeah, I imagine the the cone would be different, but we don't see that much. So. Probably, yeah. 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 Taxonomically, yeah. I right. think that's right. what's right. caused right. all the issue. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Struggling over the the yeah. cony looking pod thing, formation, or something right. like that. <laughs> what is this ball?
0: <laughs> what uh, uh, what deciduous trees really gets you kind of hyped up? What what where? Oh you, man, I do you uh, have favorites? Do you have favorite conifers uh, and deciduous? Oh, Boy. I know um, you I know we are supposed to like them all I get that <laughs> right I in that sense I'm a, I'm a bit like Suzuki a lot
1: I, I, I you know it depends upon the week what's looking really good or is kind of at, at the peak of their sort of beauty moment I absolutely uh, fall head o- over heels every year with you know spruce in the spring and even hemlock and you know, was really nice in the spring and oh, the maples and, um, I love our hemlocks uh, uh, I like uh, I like uh, some of the um <laughs> um i I do really like uh our, our some of our native spruces uh I like a lot uh, as far as traditional species, I think azo spruce is probably probably my my favorite along with Japanese maple nice um but um is fun it's it's a really playful plant. it's nice to have it's sort of a counterpoint kind of plant to something that. I guess most people would think uh, maybe a little more serious center point, <laughs> mm-hmm. but when they get big enough, they can kind of hold their own, mm. uh, and and that's what uh, what I'm working on. I'm trying to grow some really large ones, um, and but that's a long-term project. <laughs> yeah, uh, but those are some some fun ones as far as uh, uh, deciduous natives. Um, um, I was uh, very blessed to. Uh, the caretaker of the Ann Spencer red maple, which is one of the nicer uh, bonsai red maples I've ever seen, um, which is doing really well for all of those Ann Spencer fans out there. Yeah. And Spencer legend. was one of our here. Speaking locals of a legend. Here. Yeah, who started from, you know, two-year-old seedlings and uh, grew things for decades and worked with small plants and just created these these beautiful small plants with no big cuts on them. And it just very few people who are willing to spend that much time, even, you know, myself included. You know, <laughs> I, I spend some time, but it, I'm always trying to ramp up speed. And whenever I do that, you know, years later, I'm like, you know... <laughs> especially with deciduous the slower you go to the better your product and it's yeah. just although there you know there's some really fun techniques that uh you know can can certainly uh and very inventive techniques you know speaking of the japanese they can definitely go out of the box there are definitely a, f- a few over there that are writing their own scripts and uh and doing some really inventive things, but uh, but anyway, I'm not really answering your question. Well, uh, hang on, uh, hang on, uh, hang
0: on, because now you d- now you've taken it to a new d- place. D- uh, okay, uh, 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 <laughs> uh, are we speaking Abihara? Is this who we're speaking of, or are we yeah, speaking Abihara of other Abihara people?
1: Definitely one that's been playing around uh, was pretty pretty interesting. First pers- person to watch, Frankenstein. Yeah, really interesting. You were telling me that some of the graphs were failing a while back. Uh, no, what, what's
0: the latest on those? Not not that they were failing, but. Um, oh. Uh, that they did need the kind of expertise to care for them and uh, continue perpetuating their health and strength and distribution oh. of energy. They needed somebody who could care for them that was as capable of executing it as well as the aftercare of it. Because when you think about it... That's almost like the air layer we're talking about.
1: You know? I mean, yeah. that's a huge surgery, yep. you know? Especially yep. for an old plant or a big, thick trunk. That's a, that's a, lot, of, that's a, that's a lot of fluid transfer to change up
0: to compensate for and i think that's what i think that's what the the last that i had heard of some of the ab harf more frankenstein-ish you know taking the apex off and and grafting it lower on the tree to cut out a straight section or something
1: unbelievable work
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, crazy crazy,
0: crazy stuff really heady uh, truly physi physiological horticultural execution yeah. of things yeah. yeah yeah
1: great 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 braining <laughs> very, very good braining excellent braining
0: yeah yeah but uh, I, I mean abihara uh, yeah. is there anybody else that you're just like that i mean i i lean you know, on he, Mr. he was Kamara. the last that
1: that did a big wow for me i think there's some really great um there is some good work um still sort of within the tradition mostly Maybe Harry really took it to another new level, but <laughs> there are very few people doing work kinda like that. Um we should ask Andrew Robson. I think he's uh he's um he definitely gets online more than I do and mm. sees what people are doing more than I do. And of mm-hmm. course he's he's super serious about deciduous. I'm curious whether he would have another another few names for us. Um yeah, well, as, not as to put you, you on know, the spot, but. and we've talked about this. Um, no, that's fine. For a few, a couple hours here, I'm on the spot, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, as, as you know, I can go into these kind of, I don't know, creative uh, holes where I, I don't uh, pay much attention to what's going around me. Some uh, I, They generally come in like two-year blocks where I, I pretty much shut everything out. And I'm not really. And, and then when I come out of that, I'm really curious what everybody's been doing. <laughs>
2: but and yeah, are, are you usually, working on something when you go into yeah, that? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm usually working on some kind of uh, some kind of a puzzle, you know. that I'm trying to find an answer for. And I used to do this in graduate school too. It's you know, there's nothing new under the sun, um, it w- which is the first lesson that any potter learns. All shapes are, you know, I've been done before. But uh, but but if you find a little line. You know, you can put your fingerprint on it. You know, something that that makes it a little bit yours. But, uh, but, uh, but when you work with a problem uh, I- I- in that field, <laughs> or any kind of uh, yeah. Well, just take, take ceramics. What I did back then was uh, when I was wrestling with a problem, I knew somebody else had you know solved this, and we had this huge library there <laughs> to go look at. But, but I would I wait several months to go there, and I was wrestle with it first myself, and ignore everything else, and come up with what I wanted to do, and then I would go look at what other people did, mm. and, and. And then I could make some shifts, but then it was still mine. Mm-hmm. But I found that I was a little too easily influenced, mm. I think, and and so I um uh, I just started got into that habit, and I guess I still have that habit. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's a lot of discipline. Um,
1: uh, not really. I'm I'm an introvert. I, I <laughs> just uh, going in holes is. Why well, I built a tiny home? I mean, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Great place to invite people. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh yeah, yeah I've had. Friends spend overnights there. I've got I've got this you know this queen size bed in this tiny little place, but I also have a hammock, which uh, which I, I'm I'm in there almost every day. It's just uh, and that's the interesting. All right, we're really going off on another another tangent here. Beautiful. But but the the uh, the the wonderfully fun thing is 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 to give yourself limits. And then try to be just really as creative as you can within certain limits. And that's probably what tradition is. You know, it has these sort of boundaries around uh-huh. it. And so for a tiny home, you can't get too wide. I mean, I mean, there are sort of road limits, you know. And uh, So you, you, you have some parameters. Uh, you can't get too high or you're going you're gonna to clip some lines, uh, taking your right. tiny home to where it's going to belong. And uh, so, but, you know, just... Where are you gonna sleep or where are you gonna relax? And I was like, well, you know, one of the things that I did when I when I first moved into the place was I didn't um, I didn't bring anything in for a couple months. Actually, I didn't. I wanted to question chairs. I wanted to question tables. So, in other words, normal chairs. The one that I like, the one I'm sitting in. I know nobody, nobody can see this, but it's got four legs and two armrests and, mm. and a and a back and a seat. And this is what we. Assume right, at least in our uh, in the Western world, right? <laughs> in Japan, it's a, often a very different kind of very kind different. of seat. Yeah. Um, and what I discovered was uh, that a folding chair, a floor chair, uh, so it's sort of a backrest that you lean against, yeah. and a folding table made the space that I lived in far more multifaceted. Mm-hmm. And I, I move things around every day, sometimes multiple times a day. But it it allo- it gives me this like sandbox where I can invent what I'm going to do there. And sometimes it's a little tango dance or sometimes uh, I string up a hammock and I'm, uh, I'm a chimpanzee. And, and sometimes I'm laying on the bed. And there are different ways of sitting and, 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 then, uh, and, and lying and, 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 and your body is far more interested in your surroundings. So. Mm. But, but getting away from the usual assumptions, moving in there, is, is sort of what I do with bonsai sometimes. I take uh. something away. Just to see what, whether I need it, yeah, or or, or whether something else can fall into place that would, wasn't something I, I, I thought of.
0: Taking away in terms of design, aesthetic, or
1: yeah, l- well, like, physical the s- remo- like the slabs. I mean, we pretty uh-huh. much yeah. assume rock or ceramic, and was like, well, what else? Yeah, sure. And we ended up with with a few other options, but um,
2: uh, yeah. Yeah, like do you, s-
1: you even soils really? I mean uh-huh. I've been I've been playing around a lot with sphagnum moss actually with um uh, things like vine maples and uh mountain uh, or uh western hemlock and things like that for some of some of the constructions that we've been playing with and I've been surprised that you know we haven't had any problems with the vine maple it seems really you know we fertilize it consistently and I guess that gets beyond any um uh, any problems it m- might have? Well, I'm sorry, those two aren't really connected. Uh, but I, t- I was telling Ryan a little earlier that, that, that my bedtime is nine
2: o'clock, and I don't even know what it is <laughs> we, now. But th- I, you know, if I start nodding
1: off here, Ryan's going to slap me. In. No, uh, you had probably coffee. The end of the it's eight thirty. We still have it's 30, minutes. 30, we 30, got
2: thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. <laughs> thirty minutes before I lay on. Before, that before couch you go there. to a
0: pump, turn into a pumpkin. I'm going to join that
1: that teddy bear. Teddy bear, he's um, here teddy, for yeah. you. Yeah, that's
0: right. He keeps everybody <laughs> company. Yeah that's
2: that's that's really anyway.
0: it's fa it's it's um <clears throat> I've invested a lot in sphagnum as well. Oh, I I, I yeah, find yeah. yeah I mean Of
1: course th- we we both use it as a as a top uh dressing mm-hmm. on, on some of the volcanic uh mixtures that we use which is necessary in alana necessary yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah
1: No but I mean stuff. retaining
0: yeah. and facilitating root growth planting on stone with sphagnum <laughs> cuz I don't have stuff. muck Yeah yeah the slab retention Kato is
1: uh, I like it I like something mixed uh with the sphagnum better than better than the cato. actually i am not a fan was, of kato i'm not either i think it, it often can repel water i mean i it's stickier and it you know i, I think assembly is pretty uh, cool oh, super with it. easy to assemble you just slap but it then on everything there everything is downhill after that yeah everything's I downhill think. yeah yeah well that's interesting yeah we've, we haven't talked about this um but uh yeah i I think this came out of Hawaii. There, I came across this interesting recipe where you use sphagnum and akadama dust and and, and, and uh, cornstarch. So mm-hmm. you end up in your kitchen with a microwave and you're mixing up this like jello. <laughs> and, I've and heard then about this. And you mix together. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, if you get your mix right, it's almost third. Sometimes you use a little bit more of the... Uh, um, Uh, Of the cornstarch, and again, I don't know who invented this. Uh, I heard it came from Hawaii, but maybe it was uh, you know someone else from uh, from elsewhere. But anyway, uh, I definitely didn't invent it. But uh, but we like it. It, It's fun, and and it stiffens up over a few days as it as it dries. Mm. It becomes you know really stiff. But but you're putting in so much sphagnum moss, and uh, the penetration is awesome. Roots love it. It's just moss uh, growing on it. Loves it. It's just so fantastic. It's kind. Of, it's kind of neat. It's pretty labor intensive, but yeah, <laughs> that's a problem. And sometimes, you know, I've, I've been playing around with just pure sphagnum, and, and and for some things, it seems to work okay. Yeah, uh, if your water isn't also acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too too acid, but uh, anyway, yeah, huh? Yeah yeah
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I I mean, we. It is it is getting rather late, and I want to respect time. I could talk to oh, you yeah. for forever because we really haven't even dug into some of the deeper, like like bonsai deep specific questions of just technique or approach or fertilizer. Uh, we were here to watering. talk about bonsai. I didn't know that. I, we, we, we have a beautiful <laughs> intro to Michael Hagedorn, but I think there is more to be discussed. I do. All
1: right. All right. There's a date. I'll <laughs> we'll try that again.
0: If people wanted to access post-dated or mm. if people wanted to access mm-hmm. Bonsai Heresy, how do they get a hold of those books?
1: Uh, Stone Lantern.
0: Stone Lantern. Vince yeah, both in of them. in,
1: uh, in uh, North America, mm-hmm. and uh, if you're in Europe, I think uh, Stone Lantern has distributors in Europe. Don't okay. quote me on that, but uh, the um, they also might sell them directly to Europe. Uh, but there is worldwide accessibility. Mm. Yeah, but Stone Lantern publishing is uh, is the place. Yeah.
0: And you're going to be teaching online. Coming up.
1: Uh yeah, yeah. I have a uh online course. We're calling it Seasonal Light. Uh (laughs) we're gonna have some fun starting at the uh the end of May. End of May. How would people find uh, out about that? I think go to my website. Go to your website, which is thank you. critagus.com and they can send me an email. Mm -hmm. If you go to the seasonal page, they can learn a little bit more about it. I'll have a little bit more information up there in just uh, a week
0: or so. Very cool. Uh, And then you you also have done courses through Bonsai Empire.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a a video that uh, uh, Oscar and I did, Mm -hmm. actually, in Suzuki's yard. Many people say that's the best part of the video. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) That was my first time talking. Uh, I I wrote the script for it, and then I... I, sort of narrated it. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I think we would do a very different kind of more informal video. Oscar and I have talked about doing that in the, uh, in, in the future. But the, this one is, uh, it's fun. Uh, uh, I, I had a, I had a, a lot of fun doing that with, with Oscar um, uh, some years ago. It's called the Bonsai Fundamentals course. And mm-hmm. you can go to Bonsai Empire to find that. He has many other courses as well. Yeah. Uh, available. Bjorn has some uh, really great Courses that uh, they they keep getting better. Uh, Oscar's becoming a pretty good filmographer. Um, yeah, and he has a great platform for people who have expertise. He's never claimed any expertise himself. He's he's uh, a platform for others, and it's a it tends to be a good partnership. Uh, so I like supporting him. And yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very the, good. The
1: video, uh, you do really well with video, uh, and uh, I'm kind of a newcomer to the genre. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, so I think all we're all trying our best, right? I think we're all
0: trying our best, and I think... Um, <laughs> well, they're new days, and for yeah. you, they're
1: old days. You've been doing this a long time.
0: Well, I, I <clears throat> the the thing about it is <clears throat> there are more people out there that want to learn about bonsai than there are people teaching it. <clears throat> and, yeah, yeah. And, well, and the, the more... Yeah, yeah. You're when right. you think about, it depends on where your priorities are, but mm. in terms of distribution of knowledge, mm. all of the different approaches, and in my mind, all of the different artist statements, mm. Mm. going back mm. to our conversation, mm. make for a more colorful community and Absolutely. do start to create yeah. kind of a broader branching of tentacles that can explore mm. aesthetics in a different way. And, and, and obviously I, I mm-hmm. asked you a very loaded question about tradition potentially being a double-edged sword because i really it is i i, I have personally <laughs> that's where my relationship with the tradition of mm-hmm. japanese bonsai has taken me is is that it felt like a mm-hmm. little bit of a ball and chain yeah yeah but i'm also yeah. i'm also i was born and raised in the united states yeah. and yeah and that's a and i don't to like some degree told, that's a liability yeah <laughs> you, it you know can be.
1: G- g- getting that kind of information but almost any Juicy good thing has is a bit of a double edge to it usually you know exactly yeah exactly there's uh, nothing wrong with yeah it. I mean I she I I wouldn't want to relive my apprenticeship but I Never. I wouldn't want to live life without having that as well I mean it's just that, well put uh,
0: whatever <laughs> well put I wouldn't want to do it again but uh, I wouldn't yeah. want to be without it right yeah yes right. yeah right.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. right.
0: Oh, I can't! I can't wait to read *Bonsai Heresy*. I'm Uh, I'm super uh, pumped. I really enjoyed. uh, I'm really curious to
1: see what you would say. It's actually it's such a technical book that you know one of those books that as soon as you publish it, parts are going to be outdated, and we're going to have you know more more informed uh, information out Mm -hmm. there. And uh, this is I I I think *Bonsai Heresy* is you know maybe the beginning of a conversation. Mm -hmm. Definitely not the end.
0: Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Very cool. Hey, Michael, thanks for making the time to come out, man. I really I appreciate it. I know My you're a pleasure. busy guy. Thank I know you, you kind of... You kind of have, have I'm life. I'm a busy guy. Look at what you've got going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, it's just <laughs> different, on. though, you know? I mean, it, yeah, it, it's different. It, it, it's, <laughs> just, it's just different the way that you and I go about things. But I've always <laughs> been very inspired by your work, uh, highly influenced by your attitude and mentality about bonsai. It has a, had a significant impression on me. Well, thank um, you. But and, and getting likewise to... Likewise as well getting to join forces, collaborate, or even just bounce ideas off of each other is is really special and really valuable for me. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's great to be here. Thank you. Very
0: good. All right. Home in time for bed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You All right. You promise. Thanks.